0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the gardens, the landscapes of northern Arizona. And the fall, is this not why we live in the mountains of Arizona, is it? It's just perfect. It's God's country. This is why we live up here. We're starting to see that transition. You folks up in the White Mountains, Williams, Flagstaff, I mean, all the Aspens have turned at the higher elevations. Here at the lower elevations, let's see, under 6,000 feet, we're just starting to see the leading edge of color. Another two weeks, it'll be full autumn. And so the maples, just starting to show some red. Sumacs, they're in color. Uh, The aspens are starting, they've got that faded green, but they haven't turned that bright gold yet. They will. This is all determined by how long the days are, nighttime temperatures. There's several variables, soil temperature. uh, That's what triggers the plants to start turning that fall color. This is going to be a beautiful, beautiful fall color. Now, there are some things you just really need to do in autumn to bring that color out. Two main things to watch very carefully. One, water. Don't let your landscapers turn that irrigation off too soon. They're going to come in the end of this month, first part of November, just wanting to shut down everything. They'll have a crew work an entire neighborhood and the the plants are just dry, if they do turn it off, go ahead and water plants by hand. It's okay to do that. But plants continue. They need to have once a week watering minimum. If it's a lot of brand new stuff, trees and shrubs and roses, you'll need to be watering twice a week. uh, Right through until you start to see that first hard freeze. That's going to happen for most of us. I guess it depends on your elevation, but most of us in the mountains are going to be middle of November. Then we can start throttling back that irrigation to about twice a month. So we shift it from twice a week to twice a month. Plants continue to use moisture uh, in, in the mountains of Arizona. It's because our days are so, so nice. And so the plants will actually warm up. They don't freeze solid like they would, let's say, in Minnesota or Wisconsin or Or Michigan, and they just stay like that. They're just a living ice cube. No, plants here, they'll freeze at night because it gets pretty chilly. But during the day, it's 40, 50, 60 degrees, depending on where you're at. And so the plants warm up, and so that sap continues to flow, and the plants will continue to use moisture. That's a little different than other parts of the country. So that's just, we're, we're not quite yet. We're a month out before that really happens. But just put it on your radar. Uh, especially those of you that have uh, maintenance folks doing the work for you. If you're doing your own, yeah, I, I keep my my irrigation stays on year round. I never shut it down. I never drain it. Now I'm a professional landscaper. I've I've got a, a irrigation uh, contractor's license, or I have. I've let that lapse because I love retail. Uh, but anyway, I installed mine in the ground, insulated it where. I don't worry about it freezing. It's below the frost line. And so I've protected that. So I just leave it on and I'll, I'll adjust the clock to start watering middle of the day instead of real early in the morning. Right now, my irrigation is coming on usually four, five, six, seven o'clock in the morning. I've got eight different valves running. So I'll cycle those on at different times during the day. But I want to have everything hydrated before the heat of the day. Not that it's that hot, but you know, it's 80 degrees. Plants, I I don't want to water things at night. That's more of a a desert Phoenix thing. Tucson, Palm Springs, where it's, you know, still not 80 degrees. It's, it's like a hundred degrees at midnight still. So that's just hot. Uh, Why would you live there? Come up to God's country. It's beautiful up here in the, in the, in the autumn of the year. Watch the aspens turn with us. It's gorgeous. Up here, we like to water in the morning. That way the plants can be fully plumped up, hydrated before the heat of the day. If you water at night, what happens is you'll start to have disease issues, uh, mildews, leaf spots, leaf curls, all these different problems because the plants are wet and they stay wet all night long. They don't dry out till another 12, 15 hours later. Well, if I were to stick your, your feet in a pool at let's say, 8 o'clock at night, and they stay in that pool for, I don't know, till 10 o'clock the next morning, what are your feet going to look like? Wrinkled prunes. Uh, Well, that's what your roots look like on plants. You want them to be able to breathe and dry out. And up here, because it gets so cool at night, they don't tend to dry out like they would in a desert area. So that's one. Right now, I'm watering early, early morning. As soon as I start to see it, Frosting. Now, I don't see that yet, uh, but usually the average frost date for Prescott, Arizona, is October 29th. This is 100 years of data. Uh, the first frost will generally be there. Now, that's the average of 100 years of, uh, of, of data. So the frost never hit actually on October 29th. That's the average. It's either a week before, or a week after. Like last year, it was a second week in November. It just varies but keep an eye on it. Be aware. Your altitude can change. So that's you folks in in Groom Creek, Highland Pines, Williams, Flagstaff, White Mountains, the higher above 6,500 feet. You're going to see frost earlier, of course. You folks that are tuned in from Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Cordes Junction, Spring Valley, you're going to have i uh, gardens that frost later. It might not be until Thanksgiving, but you will see frost. Just be aware you don't want things to freeze, that kind of stuff. But you're, that's when I'll change my clocks, and I'll start to water middle of the day. I've not adjusted my clock yet, but I will start. As soon as I see that first frost pattern, I don't want it to water 6 o'clock in the morning, and all I have are ice cubes, I have fountains of ice out there, drip, dripping of of ice icicles coming out of my, my drip system. I don't want that. So I'll change it to middle of the day, uh, once a week, once uh, probably every other week or so, and I'll just hydrate plants that way. So that's some things to kind of put on your radar. Right now, I'm preparing or I'm seeing oh, the rats and the, the mice are moving. They're, they're trying to find warm spots. Don't let them get into your uh, hot tub, your RV, that beautiful Class A you just spent you know hundred grand on. Uh, don't let the rats get in there just because you took your road trip back and you, you need to put baits, traps. There's repellents, all kinds of things. Talk to your RV dealer. but They're active and they're moving right now from the garden into your garage, into that grill, built-in grill. Uh, they're just moving up in the attics. They're coming in to where it's going to be warmer because they know things are going to get chilly, And they're trying to make a new nest before that happens. So watch that. They can be a bit insidious. So we're seeing a lot of customers here at the garden center, here in Prescott. Uh, They are letting us know that. And I've seen this myself. My name's Ken. We're just friends talking over the radio, over the back fence. This is kind of what's working in my backyard. I think it's going to work in yours as well. But that's one to watch. That, and I noticed, uh, (laughs) it was hilarious, had a five-foot bull snake in the garden center. Well, snakes are not welcome in the garden center. And usually I've got a coffee can I've made, uh, an old fashioned tin coffee can. And I've, I've decorated artistically and it says snake can." So Whenever I find a snake, I put it in the can, take it home, release it in my gardens, and they keep the mice and the grasshoppers and things at bay. Well, a five foot snake is not going to fit in my, in my can. So, uh, the, 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 the Folks, let me know. I went out and I picked him up. (laughs) He was not happy. Put him in a trash can. Kept him there. Now he's taller than a trash can. He was trying to jump out and going, whoa, 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 whoa. Ran him across the street up on the rock piles where he probably came from, and then released him. I I don't want bull snakes or uh, uh, gopher snakes. They sort of look like a rattlesnake, but their heads are very small. Doesn't have that viper, the big venomous sacks at the back of his head. So you can tell right away. And they're fairly docile. So he didn't try to bite me. He just picked him up by the tail, put him in a trash can, moved him over, and ran him across the street, let him go. Snakes are moving right now. Don't let that freak out. So, you southern folks, I mean, you just, you see anything that even resembles a worm, you're like, shovel to the head now. Hold on. They're very good for the environment. They keep your rats and snakes, they keep your rats and and, uh, actually gopher snakes eat rattlesnakes believe it or not and gophers and rats and mice they're very good for the garden this is the time of year when you see them move they'll get kind of tired and they'll camp out in the driveway for a couple hours and then they're, they're moving on again so just be aware this is a pattern they're going back to their nest or where they winter over together and then usually about april they start moving back out to their hunting grounds this is the season this is autumn this is what happens in the mountains of arizona be right back
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge.
1: Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow.
0: An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents.
1: A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders.
0: You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17 here at Waters Garden Center.
1: Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Gardening has always come natural to me. Green thumbs, they just run in the family. So when the Family Garden Center was offered to Lisa and I, we jumped on the opportunity. I've always loved coming to the nursery, being surrounded by all the beauty, helping the backyard gardener, and passing on some of that natural magic that happened so easily for me. We aren't just selling plants, we're offering garden success. My name is Ken Lane, owner, and you'll feel the magic here at Waters Garden Center, 1815
0: Iron Springs Road,
1: here in Prescott
0: you've been listening to ken lane the mountain gardener green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center now welcome back to the mountain gardener
1: all right so we are back in the studio we have lisa waters lane here my favorite gal my lake buddy (laughs) so we're just up at uh, lake powell
0: yeah
1: as we go often that's kind of our getaway escape place and uh, in the mornings, we worked on our basically labor budgets, what's next year going to look like, what positions do we need, what managers do we need to hire for next year, and then we
0: played every afternoon. That's true. It was fun. It was fun. Weather was perfect. Weather was beautiful. Lake was nice. It was good. Yeah. Tons and
1: tons of rentals. <laughs> like I know there's a an off-season rate for you get a houseboat. Yeah. and but but I heard rumor that every houseboat was on the lake and every boat was rented. There really? weren't any extras ah. uh, on there, so they were and they were everywhere. As that's as, true. As a regular person on the lake, you just know be aware of the rental. They're always <laughs> rookies. They will take that houseboat and rain it right into you. It's if there's a windstorm, they're laying up sideways against the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get mayhem sometimes. It's kind
0: of scary sometimes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then we went. We t- went up uh, our thing. This this uh, this trip was go up the slot canyons on paddle boards. So the boat mm-hmm. only goes so far, a little runabout. Mm-hmm. And then when the canyon walls are too too narrow, you have popped out the paddle boards, and we went right to the end of you folks that know Lake Powell. We went to the end of Driftwood, Cascade, Twilight, and some other obscure thing I'd never been to before. <laughs> some little tiny. It was a short can but it was yeah. pretty as all get out.
0: It's weird how, I mean, we've been going up a lot, and we still find new, canyons that we haven't been granos. up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. Fun stuff.
1: Anyway, this is about garden questions, not about our lake experience. Some folks that don't like lakes are going, I'm bored. If you don't get questions, I'm going to change the
0: dial. Well, okay, <laughs> then. Let's just hop right on that. We're doing a new
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: So George has a uh, autumn blaze maple. It's about ten years old. The color this year, he just feels like it's just not dynamic. It's been beautiful in the past. Yeah. This year, just not a lot of bright color. Leaves just kind of turning yellow and falling off.
1: Ooh, that's not good. He
0: wants to know what would the difference be, and what should he be doing to help with its yeah. coloring? So,
1: so autumn blaze maple should be a bright like fire engine red. What happens is when the pH of where the roots are is the pH drops the the leaf color will be more muted so it'll be it'll turn to orange instead of red then it'll go to more yellowy kind of color and then if it's truly in, in anemic basically it'll go just yellow it won't show any color except that golden aspen so it all has to do with pH and so the plant is stressed you need to fertilize it more and what I would suggest to what was his name again? George. 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 What you need to do, George, you want to give it the all-purpose plant food. That's got sulfur in it, and it's got cottonseed meal, which are both very acidic. That'll help it. We've got to raise the pH. We've got to make the soil around that plant more acidic. And so it's very much like your hot tub or your, your pool, you're always measuring the pH. Well, the pH has gotten way, way too alkaline. So we need to make it more acidic. We need to add soil sulfur to that plant. And so for this, I would say for you, for, for uh, the next three feedings right now, before Halloween, next Easter, and next, for, for fall color next year, next July 4th, give it the all-purpose food. And in addition, give it soil sulfur. Get, they're just straight sulfur pellets and that's going to make that color just pop really really well your evergreens would like that certain things like it more acidic and autumn blaze maples they're one they're notorious for losing their color if you've been watering a lot and the ph crept up too much um, it just will be yellow and that's why okay there you go
0: good answer all right, Sharon would like to know, she has some uh, ornamental plums that are one year old. Her question is, when do I remove the stakes for those? And the second part of her question is, how often should be wa- should she be watering this time of year?
1: Yeah, good two, two good questions. So right now, water it just like you've been doing. Don't change it. If it looks healthy, just keep doing that. You'll change that. The question is, when do you change it? That's going to be probably mid-November or so. If they're local here in this mm-hmm. Central Highlands, center of the state mountain area, probably it's going to be middle of November. Then you'll start watering probably twice a month instead of twice a week. It's probably what she's doing, um, and then you'll probably water in the middle of the day instead of early in the morning. Let's go back to stakes. When should you take the stakes off? Now, they're just one year old. Correct. So generally, what the book says is leave the stakes on for a year, then bust them off and and you know take them out what i would do just because we're right here where you can go through next spring i would say keep them on through next spring let it leaf out it'll bloom with that real pretty pink flower that it puts on that purple foliage let it leaf out then i would snip the ties i would keep the stakes on snip the ties go through your next windstorm which, you know, spring is windy. here. <laughs> uh, and if it holds up straight, bust those, those stakes mm-hmm. off. Uh, but, you know, stakes are easy to get out. They're hard to put in the ground. Yeah. So leave them in until you just know. But I would get one more. What's happening now is the, the trees are rooting very actively to the end of the year. They'll take a break through for about a month, month and a half. Then they'll start rooting again, starting into February, first part of March. Take advantage of that root and that new ring of growth that you'll get next spring. Then take those stakes off. I think you will be it takes the mistake factor out. Just you don't right. take them off too early.
0: So, what if you're in a spot, and I think there's probably several spots like this in our area where you just have a consistent prevailing wind? Would you say leave them on longer, or still kind of the same? No, it's
1: still the same. What will happen is the tree rings are much larger, especially on younger plants. And if you're caring for them, if they've been planted right, you're fertilizing your water, you're taking care of them, those tree rings will be quite chubby. Well, once you get a couple bands of, of tree rings extra, mm-hmm. you know, the trunk is getting larger, they become very strong. Mm-hmm. When they start to lean because of the wind... That'll happen very, very early on okay. uh, when the plant's still young and just planted, really. Mm-hmm. And once they start solidifying in that, they're pointing towards the northeast. They're going to stay uh, that way. They stay that way. You can't <laughs> get them back. And once you get them growing straight, straight up, they'll stay that way. They're not going to okay. lean over. So it's the same way. It's all about the tree bands, the tree rings uh, forming.
0: Okay. Good to know. All right. Tom has some grass questions. He has some large areas that have kind of turned brown and look kind of dead, kind of, you know, crispy yeah. little grasses. Yeah. He wants to know if there's anything he can do to help revive it. Uh, he just wants to get it back to that really pretty lush green color again.
1: Easy to do. And this is your time. This is March and October are the times to do any anything with a lawn because it's just so easy. It's bright days cool nights just grass loves growing so it's time to overseed what we have to find out is why is that brown spot there it's one of two reasons it's either a a fungal thing they call it dollar spot fungus is eating that i don't think it's that we haven't it's been so dry yeah it's more likely the second alternative grubs little white worms will get in the in the roots and they'll start eating the roots off and so they They'll eat patches. And They're not perfect dollar-shaped sign, uh, spots like dollar spot. They're more irregular patterns. Mm-hmm. So I would say take a dig, a dig a test hole, where you see the brown and the green. Just lift it up, and if it's grubs, you'll see them. They're active right there underneath the, at the root level. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see that, come talk to us right away before they before they heat your entire lawn. They're quite dangerous for for mm-hmm. plants, um, and we've got a grub killer. You just Put it on, water it in, they're gone, just like that. And then reseed. And you've got till I would say do it this month if you can. Do it before Thanksgiving uh, for sure, and you'll get green. It'll just germinate within, oh, five days. It'll be up and green. Just It'll be noticeable how quickly grass seed mm-hmm. uh, germinates this time of year.
0: Very true. And then how about watering this time of year? Uh,
1: don't change anything. Whatever... <laughs> You're doing whatever you have got through the heat, keep it the same. Okay. Uh, don't, don't don't start throttling back yet cuz the soil is really dry. Mm-hmm. Really dry. And don't want those plants to go into winter dry. If anything, you want to keep the watering the way it is and you want to spray a wilt stop. There's a a clear coating that locks in the moisture that prevents plants from drying out through winter. So you want to make sure plants are plump and happy going into winter as they as they hibernate. Well, that is it for this segment. Thanks for being here, Lisa. Mm-hmm. We're to have you back in a little bit. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to Mountain Gardens.
1: Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, spicy mums, glamour kale, and burning bush.
0: Waters' compact burning bush is a neat, well-behaved shrub prized for its blazing red foliage in the fall.
1: Looks great when planted with autumn gold sumacs, lilacs, and gold
0: euonymus. At six foot, this bush makes a natural hedge that burns red through autumn, all for $49.
1: You'll find the showiest shrubs here at Waters Garden Center.
0: Siri, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. You might say I've been part of the local garden scene even before birth. My father started the very first garden center in northern Arizona and ran the family business with my mother, even while she was pregnant. The nursery was my preschool, with many joyous after-school hours spent playing in the family business. Waters isn't just a garden center. It's a safe place for kids and pets alike. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: It's a fascinating time to be in business at least here in Arizona. It, it's terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time. You entrepreneurs, you know what I'm talking about. So right now, business is booming. You may not know this, but there's more EIN numbers been uh, requested this year. This is the employer identification number from the IRS. So if you want to do, go into business, you got to pay your taxes this way. And let me tell you, the IRS, they want their taxes. So it's kind of where you start. Then you set up your checking accounts and your LLC and all that other stuff. But it starts with the EIN number. There is a record number being requested this year. In fact, it might break the 2007 all-time record for this year. You, wouldn't, you don't hear that, but business is good. The challenge with that is they don't tell you how many EIN numbers are being retired. That is, they went bankrupt, went closed, went, you get a new one every time you open a new entity. So, business is good for those that are do, doing things well, and they aren't so good for those that are just struggling. I, I feel for my bar and restaurant friends. They just, you're, oh, that's painful to watch. Uh, but I, it's got to turn around here. It's got to be bringing, it's going to come back around for us. The new business thing, is, I talk to folks new to new to business, Oh, Ken, you seem to be around a long time. Can you give me some pointers? Going, yeah. Just under promise, over deliver, answer your phone, and never lie, especially in a, in a small town. Always do what you say you're going to do or don't say it. Because basically in Prescott, all the mountain towns, we're just small, intimate, we know everyone. And if the word gets out, you're crushed. If the word gets out positive, you're celebrated and you're brought, brought out. And so Phoenix, you know, you have 5 million people down there. You can kind of slop things around and be a little not as good and still survive. There's so many new folks coming in. You go another mile out and, and advertise out there to another neighborhood and you still succeed. Not so in the mountains of Arizona. So you just got to be, you got to be at the top of your game. And so that's, for us, we've just tried to take, this is Waters Garden Center. This is the the very first garden center that ever opened in northern Arizona. Before that, it was always down in Phoenix. You had to go off the baselines back in the 60s, early 70s. That's where all the garden centers were. Then finally, Waters came up, and then you got Warners up in Flagstaff. You got Plant Fair over in Payson. you got Christopher's up in the White Mountains. These are all friends. They just started to As the communities grew, you could could have larger garden centers. It's fun to see how they're succeeding. Right now, people are are doing projects on their homes, and the landscape is part of that. Gardening is an extension of that. I wrote in this week's garden column, uh, just mention it, Signals AZ was kind enough to pick up the story. Looks like the courier is going to go out. Uh, They they picked it up, so uh, the newspapers liked this. I mentioned in today's world, we're we're seeing how different people actually think and act. The difference in in action and belief seem to be on display just everywhere. Whether it's the news, your favorite social media, or just shopping at your local garden center, you see the differences of people on display. In contrast, kindness and understanding for others seems to be in short supply. So I wrestled with this idea this this week, and I turned the question kind of on its head, and I said, well, What can everyone agree on, or at least most everyone? What can they truly, truly agree on? And so I got to pondering that, and I I came back to not realize I'm biased. i got a garden center. I'm like the foremost garden authority in northern Arizona. Uh, We know stuff. But I I truly, truly believe this within my soul, that flowers, plants, fresh vegetables, um, some form of gardening, is just that that brings us together, something we can all appreciate and agree on. It's like seeing a friend's face, how you the expression they, they have when you give them fresh flowers, or how you feel when you walk through a beautiful garden. I mean it's transformative. I, mean, I keep coming back to plants. It's just what we need in today's turbulent world. It's something that I can control. I like to put my phone down, go outside, and just lose track of time. I do. It's therapeutic for me. It just helps me just, I can control plants coming up, beauty, hummingbirds, butterflies. I can control that. And so I think that's why I mean, we've got a 40% increase in sales from a record sale, record sales in 2019. We're 40% off of that. And so people are in their backyards because I think it makes us feel good. It's therapeutic. It just helps us to connect. It's, for me, I love having the grandkids back there. Uh, we garden together, and so I get to watch the the grandkids are on fall break here this week. The grandkids are coming over to our house to Pop Pop's house, and uh, we will be doing gardening. We'll we'll try to find snakes out there. We'll try to catch grasshoppers. We'll try to look for worms. We'll dig up potatoes. We'll harvest a radish. Uh, we'll pick some roses. It's just fun. It just connects us, and so that that's kind of part. That's just today's takeaway and then I went on to the garden column it's on, on my blog as well watersgardencenter.com blog you all know how to catch blogs anyway it's on fruit trees how to get the right size there's a fruit tree for every size if I went to standard semi dwarf uh, dwarf varieties which varieties grow best take a look at that on the blog that's not for this show but uh, it's meant to be helpful but that was my this gardener's take on people this week
0: mountain gardener your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season waters october companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple burning bush arizona creeper spicy mums and glamour kale
1: few flowers are more elegant in fall than waters glamour kale
0: The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders.
1: And it's so easy to grow.
0: This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers and a frilly package, all for $9.
1: You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is
1: super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food.
0: This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops.
1: Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever. And just $27 for a 20-pound bag.
0: Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back with Lisa Waterslane in the studio. She comes each week, and we just give this segment to her, just to hear what's going on and... and... Her gardens, So she's got her gardens. I've got mine. And <laughs> we try not to get in each other's way.
0: I mm. don't know if we're not that bad. Not bad anymore. We used to- what do
1: you mean? I used to be more <laughs> man-like. You've softened my <laughs> rough edges.
0: No, I just think, I don't <laughs> know. Sometimes, well, I'm like, that's my stuff. Why are you messing with my stuff? Leave my stuff alone. Well, it's my shovel. What are do you doing with my <laughs> shovel? <laughs> <laughs> anymore we're just like eh.
1: well anymore you just go get the soil ready get the irrigation going i'll be gardening this weekend that is not true okay it's i made a mess blow it up clean it up <laughs> throw all the stuff away is that true because i just did that this week
0: with your garden stuff <laughs> possibly <laughs> possibly that's true
1: and so some good news we should share with folks it's a huge huge honor it's the top honor in prescott uh, on thursday we were with uh, our team and the Prescott Chamber of Commerce had a an award ceremony, mm-hmm. and they give like I don't know seven or eight awards out to like best nonprofit, best you know new business. But uh, Waters Garden Center, after 58 years in business, got our first Prescott Award uh, from the Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. uh, as business and excellence. So yep. we are the best in their opinion business as far as how we do business how we're connected with our community there's a lot of variables with it how we mm-hmm. connect with the chamber how we help other business members uh in in the community how we support different things and they gave us the business and excellence award for for 2020 yeah. uh, and we took our team and and we were up on stage a very uncomfortable long time, I thought. And we have one of the shortest intros. I just went, they don't want to hear about all the stuff. I did. Here's things we donated to. Here's all the money. We gave $81,000. And here's three things and a whole lot more. We're plugged into Charlotte Hall and mm-hmm. all these other things that people just hear, blah, blah, blah. Just, I turned to our team and said, well done, and gave them a clap while they were mm-hmm. clapping for us. I just went, nope, that's all them. Yep. So it's great to have them there. Huge honor. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you, Chamber.
0: Yes, it was a very nice kind of a breakfast yeah. ceremony, awards ceremony, and it was fun to see all the different businesses and what they won awards for yeah. as well, and we were in good company there.
1: Very, it was kind of fun to see the community get together. Now, mm-hmm. Normally, there were maybe 150 people there yeah. in a huge room, so well-spaced out, oh, well social spaced. distance. They yeah. took your temperature. I mean, it was, yeah. I felt safe, <laughs> uh, but normally, it would have 400 at that, yeah. so it'd be two, three times that mm-hmm. size, but- because it's a stupid covid 19 eventually we'll be over this covid stuff oh, can't wait boy when life is easy
0: I'm looking forward to it hopefully <laughs> 2021 <laughs> will be the end of covid 19 but we'll see yeah
1: so now gardening what are you seeing what what are you bringing forth why are listeners tuned in right now to uh <laughs> you know, what kind of garden tidbits question Can you is them? are they tuned <laughs> We get a lot of people that say they they I listen know. to it. They have never met us, but they'll hear the voice go, oh, yeah. that's kind of lame. They, they recognize yeah. the voice kind of thing. It's a weird. The voice and the eerie. laughter. Yeah. I
0: get that a lot. Yeah. I know that laugh. But I'm like, oh, my goodness. It is so. distinctive. It is. You always call it, what, the Barney Rebel laugh or something I do like not that. say that, <laughs> although you
1: do have a Prescottonian. We both have Prescottonian accents. So, well,
0: you know, born Western. and raised. What do you no, want anywho back to gardening so yes we got some fabulous truckloads of evergreens so i thought i would talk about a few of those because we are definitely coming up in that time of the year when it is a perfect time to be planting your pines your spruce uh, any of your evergreens anything really it's a great time
1: yeah i mean it's 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 like like the grass question we had in the first mm-hmm. second segment, it's like the sweet spot is right now, yeah. and now before Thanksgiving, it's like the time to be putting these bigger, larger specimen plants because mm-hmm. uh, your success rate just goes off the chart. You have right. virtually have no loss if you're mm-hmm. caring for them. If you even think about them at all, they they just the pressure's off. It's not yeah. hot anymore. It's cool at night. They just love it and they root. Through the end of the year, and you get a better growth next spring right. by planting now.
0: Right, so great time to plant, and right now, great time to find a lot of different varieties of things because new fresh shipments have been coming in.
1: The nursery just flipped from summer. <laughs> yeah, to it's all winter evergreens. If you want evergreens, <laughs> you Southern California folks, you know you like evergreens. We're we're talking about you all the time about evergreens. Just want evergreens. I have I have a leaf phobia. So going okay. Now's your time. It's, right. it's just the perfect, best selection.
0: Very true. So we got some pretty things in. So I thought I would talk about some of those things that we got in. So one of the ones that I really think is just absolutely beautiful, and you don't see many of them around here, is the golden Deodore cedar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's just such a pretty, pretty tree. Just a very unique looking tree. So it has that deodor cedar needle to it. Uh, kind of the wispy branches. It doesn't get quite as large as its cousin, its bigger cousin, the regular deodor cedar. It's a little bit smaller growing, but the new growth on it always comes out a really golden color, and it's just so pretty, especially out there in the yard where all you have is green with more green and and yeah. rock.
1: <laughs> where, I, where I help folks does when, I, when my designer hat is on when mm-hmm. I'm helping customers out, out out in the garden center. Um, and they've got a lot of that blue Arizona blue, yeah. Arizona cypress, the blue junipers, mm-hmm. even the oaks that are native here have a blue hue to them. They they're do. not truly green. Will you put gold amongst all that? Oh, it just pops and it looks designer-esque. It looks like, whoa, yeah. they got it going. They know what they're doing. Look at this. Look, right. how, where'd you get that from? <laughs> Waters Garden Center. Yeah,
0: it's a really pretty tree, very unique tree. And then, of course, we have the big cousin, the regular Deodore cedars, which are just a fabulous tree for here. A lot of people, if you've lost your Lelandie cypress to the kinker, a wonderful replacement, I think, is that Diodore cedar.
1: I so agree. I mean, that's uh, Diodore cedar is tw- 50, 60 foot tall by 25 foot wide, central leader, perfectly branched. looks like a Christmas tree. just it's the fastest growing of all of the evergreens. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great choice.
0: And very drought-hardy when established. Tough. And I don't think there's a lot of insects that no,
1: bother it. No tip borers. Yeah.
0: There's, you're right.
1: Hardly any issues with that yeah,
0: plant. Yeah, it's a great one. So look at those. And we also got in some really pretty, oh, the blue color on them is just spectacular, the Fat Albert uh, Colorado Blue Spruce. Yeah got some really pretty ones in just super shape you know sometimes you find them and they got weird yeah things going on <laughs> yeah. these are just perfect and the color is spectacular so
1: fat albert spruce for you those of you that don't know that it, it's a colorado spruce it looks like a color you folks from that rocky mountain west uh it, in fact it grows some some of the ridgelines around here colorado spruce it's That's a huge plant. Fat Albert, they figured out a way to graft it and then shorten it so it doesn't get as tall as half the size Mm -hmm. of a regular Colorado spruce. So Colorado spruce will get, again, 40, 50 feet tall. This one only gets... 18 20 feet tall so it's half the size and it's intense insane blue Mm -hmm. so it's a great choice for here
0: yeah it's kind of got that silvery blue look going to it very nice we also got some baby blue colorado spruce yeah (laughs) so baby blues um I'd say even maybe a little bit smaller. Half the size or, of Fed yeah. Uber, yeah. So just a smaller tree, but they're getting really soft, bluish color to them. Very attractive. And then we have some baccarides, which is another... Who knew there were so many Colorado spruces? Spruce, right? Lots of lots of evergreens, lots
1: of conifers. Yeah,
0: and uh. the baccarides are kind of a bluish-greenish color. I wouldn't yeah. say they have as much blue, but they're getting a little bit smaller uh, yeah. size for the blue spruce. Great for those smaller yards that we yeah. do have around here. And then, of course, we got... The Alberta spruce, which is that little, f- you'll know, gets what six foot max, yeah, about eight head high or so. Yeah, yeah. slow growing, yeah. but great for containers and um, just smaller spaces out in the yard. Very pretty, very dark green color. So we got a g- whole new shipment of those in, and then we got some spectacular Austrian pines that are oh, they're gorgeous. If you haven't seen them, you got to check them out. Got some new Oregon pine and we also got some vanderwolf pines which nice. got to check those out because they are pretty
1: evergreens lots of evergreens and and you walk through them they have personalities mm-hmm. so they'll kind of connect with people it's kind of nice and that's where it pays we actually know the growers that grow these that we it's artistry to get a nice perfectly shaped uh, evergreen tree uh, i also like the new uh hollies you got in. They're spectacular. Mm -hmm. Anyway, thank you, Lisa, for updating us on the latest you can plant right now in your your gardens here in the mountains of Arizona.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creepers, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name.
1: There's no better red maple to plant locally.
0: Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149.
1: You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start?
0: Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better.
1: Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving.
0: You'll instantly be a better gardener.
1: All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home.
0: In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center.
1: We can be at your home this week.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: So before before Thanksgiving, if you can, before Halloween, there's one super, super important garden task Everyone that owns property should do, even if you're a renter, you should probably do this for your own quality of life in your backyard to nurture that shade tree back there that you and the dogs and the kids wrestle with and play soccer on the lawn. There's some things you should do. and, And the number one thing that you should do is fertilize everything. Every living plant in your yard should be fertilized in the fall. It's the most important feeding of the year. Now, I think you need to fertilize more than once a year. But if your plants, like I just had a friend at Rotary, she goes, Ken, I bought that uh, multi-blooming, bloomerang lilac, and it bloomed once the first year, and then it never bloomed again. It's three years old. What's going on? Well, it's not the plant. Your soil ran out of nutrients, and that plant doesn't have enough food to pick up to create this huge show of flowers in the spring. So I I told her, here's, here's the two things you do. I want to share some of that with you because this is a common thing, that we're finding right now at the garden center. Plants are obviously underfed. I think part of that has to do with, it's been so hot. And so we've we've watered things more. And so that's flushed the nutrients out of your your soil. This is really gonna play out next spring. If you don't fertilize now, you're not gonna have fruit on your fruit trees. You're not gonna have grapes. You're not gonna have blueberries. You're not gonna have the roses, will be smaller. Your lilacs just won't bloom. Your forsythia will be muted. Uh, just faded. I mean, you, it's going to really affect next spring's garden. The plants are using this food right now. So right now, what I did, it's, again, remember, my name's Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over the back fence, and this is working in my backyard. Hopefully, this will work in your backyard as too, but also, I've got a garden center, and this is what I'm seeing over and over from, uh, from other gardeners coming in. It's, it's a lack of uh, nutrients, and so, you really want to use organic fertilizers. And here's the reason why organics break down over a very long period of time. And virtually all of the nutrients are picked up by the plants, none is flushed down, none is left to waste. And so it's a longer feed, whereas a chemical fertilizer, let's say it's Scott's or Ortho or Peter's, or there's a whole host of chemical fertilizers that are basically petroleum-based. Some of them are salt-based. It just depends. They're heavy in minerals. And and the, the nitrogen level, the carbon element that actually the plant picks up, releases so quickly, the plant literally lets most of that fertilizer go. Let's say ammonium sulfate, number one seller by far. Uh the 210020 zero, zero, 2100 zero, zero, or something like that. Anyway, it's it's all nitrogen and most of it goes to so waste it gets flushed down the water table, it goes downstream, it's just the plants are not picking it up and using it. So I believe I've made my own. I'm an organic gardener, so I create I like the chemistry of it. Here, how do which meals do I blend together to make this kind of nitrogen or phosphorus that plants are happy that makes it bloom? And then I put some sulfur and iron in, in it, but I created all purpose plant food. It's 7 percent nitrogen four percent phosphorus four percent potash so the first number nitrogen that's green growth foliage green leaves that's why grass of twenty one zero zero it's all nitrogen all you want is foliage the middle number phosphorus that's what creates fruits blooms and roots so if you want more fruit on your fruit trees, you give it phosphorus. If you want bigger flowers, let's say on roses, you give it phosphorus. That middle number is what pr- promotes larger fruits and larger flowers. So you need something with that. Potash, that last number, that's more for sturdiness, disease resistance. That's what creates a thickness in the leaf or a sturdiness in a branch or, or stems that hold up flowers. If your flowers tend to be weepy, you need more potash. And that's the basic three elements. There's also macronutrients like boron, magnesium, iron. There's all kinds of things. Zinc. There's all kinds of minor trace elements that help plants. They need vitamins like you and I do. So you need a balanced fertilizer out there. You want it to be granular. You don't want it to be watered, mixed up in a watering can, especially in the fall of the year. Plants are starting to shut down right now. They're taking that food and they're storing it up like fat cells in their root structure. They're going to use that to form this winter's leaf and flower buds that will, that will be next spring's plants. So you want to help them with foods that can be stored up. That's going to be a granular organic fertilizer. So you chuck it on around the, the base of the plant. Don't focus on the, the trunk. You're focusing on the drip line where those outer branches are. That's where all the feeder roots are on a plant they're very fine white root hairs it doesn't take anything to to break them up at at the very very base of a tree there's no feeder roots at all it's all just anchoring roots big barky they just hold the tree upright or hold the plant upright in a windstorm snowstorm it just keeps it strong and sturdy but there's no feeder roots if you put fertilizer right down there most of it's wasted out towards the outer edges or the drip line that's where the magic happens with plant foods I guess I should mention too, plant foods, fertilizers, manure. What's the difference? It gets confusing, especially for newer gardeners. So plant food and fertilizer, they're the same thing. Now your grandparents, they called fertilizer and manure kind of the same thing. So poop in a bag, we sell a deodorized barnyard manure. That would be in the old days considered a a fertilizer, it's mainly nitrogen because poop is very much that first number. If you want green growth, it's nitrogen. But another thing that, that manures do, it feeds the soil. So it gives you uh, feeds the worms, the mycorrhizals, the, the nematodes, the beneficial things that help plants grow in the soil. It feeds them. They love manure. Your plants will like it too. I generally don't put a lot of manure Around my yard, I generally use a fertilizer, a granularized organic fertilizer. That's 744 all-purpose food. That's what I use. Um, because it's easier, it's less stinky, less gooey, it's just it's just better. I don't know, I'll poop in a bag. I, I use poop in a bag, you know, barnyard manure, it's great stuff. It does not stink up your Mercedes or your Porsche or your Cadillac, whatever. It just put it right in the trunk. It's not gonna it might sell smell earthy, but not poopy. but that's really the difference between plant food and fertilizer. In today's world, the same terminology. Um, Manure is generally just called manure. It could have been called, let's say, the Midwest. You folks would might call manure fertilizer. Okay, so that's really definition on where you live. I'm throwing that on my yard right now, my, the 744 all-purpose food, and the plants will pick that up over the, as it snows and rains over the winter. It'll pick up more and more and more of that. Here's a little caveat. I'm doing some extras. This is a time to take advantage of what plants are doing. They're, they're storing up food. So if you give your evergreens aluminum sulfate, You want to turn them silver, that bright silvery blue color. You got a Colorado spruce and it's gotten, it's more green now than blue. That's because there's not enough aluminum in the soil for it to pick up. It picks that up to create, that's an aluminum coating basically. It coats itself in aluminum and brings out that silver blue. Same with the junipers, hydrangeas, hollies. Uh, rhododendrons, they all love aluminum sulfate. So I'll give some of those plants selectively, not the entire yard, but selectively, I'll give my evergreens mainly, aluminum sulfate. For my blooming things, I'll give them a handful of super phosphate. Remember that middle number creates flowers. So my fruit trees, lilacs, forsythia, flower and quince, roses, I'll give them super phosphate, 0, 18, 0. It's all phosphorus. So I want to bring out more fragrance in the spring. I'll I'll put the all-purpose down. And then at the same time, it doesn't matter which one goes on first, I'll give it superphosphate. So everything gets the all-purpose food. And then I'm selectively giving certain plants extra minerals. It helps them just shine out the yard. They'll, They'll really stand out in your neighborhood with just a little bit of help. This is called gardening. This is how you help your plants grow and thrive. A uh, caveat there, too. So 744, I use that on everything except my fruit trees, vegetables, grapes, that kind of stuff. There I use it, an actual fruit tree food. Created a fruit and berry, fruit and vegetable food. It's more organic. It's pelletized. It's easier to spread. And plants just love it. It's got a lot of calcium in it. And so my fruit trees, things that bloom in fruit. So my crepe my berries, grapes, fruit trees. You could even use that on the same, on, on some of your blooming lilacs, for say things that bloom in the spring. So, there I, I actually get two bags of each. I've got a lot of plants. I put the all purpose on everything in the yard that doesn't fruit, and I put the fruit and vegetable food on everything that does fruit. Then I selectively put some minerals in. If you need help, I, I'm trying to, 10 minutes or less, I'm trying to give you an expert, an expert on fertilizers, but come in and visit us. We'll, we'll handhold you right through it, show you what to do. That's it for this segment. Be right back with more after this.
0: You're listening to local garden expert, Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Waters'
1: Red Wall Creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence.
0: A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn.
1: Waters' native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof.
0: You'll find the showiest vines here at Waters Garden Center.
1: Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center.
0: Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So
1: I'm part of a a Christian CEO mastermind group. So we get together once a month. We just help each other make our businesses stronger, help us get through some of sometime that top level, you're kind of you're all by yourself. So we are business owners, large managers, corporate execs I mean we all have we're different industries but we all have the same concerns we're taking care of people we're interacting with customers and the public and we're making a difference in our marketplace we, 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 if any of these companies were to disappear they would truly be missed at least that's what a that's what a company should be uh, that's why they should be around uh, for any length of time they're making it they're making their communities better and so I'm part of this group One thing they brought up, and it's super interesting they said Millennials I'm not putting you all down by any means total respect These new homeowners they're coming online families you're making gardening great again I mean it's amazing what's what the Millennials are doing but they said whatever you do don't don't ask Millennials questions they, f- they feel they, they want to figure it out themselves they got their phone they're looking at signage or taking all the, they're taking it all in come up with them as they ask they ask for more so treat them with respect, and help them make it so easy with the with the information you have on, for us, our plants. They just get it. And, you know, I don't think it's just millennials. I think it's all of us. All of us have a phone. In fact, we're looking at it right now where we're looking at putting QR codes on our signage so you can take the, your, at, your phone and go click. It'll just automatically pop up a video going, hey, let me tell you about this. My name is Ken. This is all lilac. This is when you expect it to bloom. It's going to get this big or it'll take you to a page that we've already set up. We've got thousands of information sheets on our website. Be easy to queue you up to that page, point you right there, and you do it through these square QR codes is what they call them. So we're looking at trying to make you know, less touch points, more knowledge, making it worse easier and easier all the time. So this week we got in, I don't know how many truckloads of plants, Thousands of plants came in, lots of evergreens. The holiday trees are here, big spruce and pine. They all arrived this week. So we put out dozens and dozens and dozens of new signs. We're trying to be very specific for here. Here's how it grows. Here's tall. It will. here's evergreen or not evergreen. Here, if it blooms, if it's rabbit resistant, deer resistant, we're trying to give folks the, the knowledge that they can do it themselves. And if they have more questions, it's really interesting the, the different uh, how society's changing right now, how consumers are changing. It's kind of fun. That's why I love retail. I never get tired of it. People are fascinating in how to help them learn how to garden. And my, my job is just to be here and show off things that are seasonally correct in your backyard that you could you could plant and be successful with. The key is we're not selling plants. We're selling success. And sometimes, if you're new to the area, you just need to know a few things that make a big difference in the backyard. Anyway, went way too deep on that. Sorry about that. That was just top of mind uh, this week just because I'm, I'm meeting with my folks, with my mastermind group, and we're just talking it through. And I'm going, oh, you're seeing that too. We're seeing that as well. So this isn't just garden centers. This is cultural across across everything then i get my older folks you know, they charge right in going i want to you're, you're talking to someone face to face obviously explaining something barge right in going hey i want to know about this what are, how tall does that thing grow i'm just totally a cultural difference Going, well, hey good to see you again ah six feet go right back to the person try not to be rude you're trying to help everyone at once it's just interesting fascinating the differences in in people well kennelisa lane the Mountain Gardeners. We're here throughout the week. We camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and we love talking to fans of the show.
0: If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener.